Welcome back to another episode of Practical Nutrition. I'm Alex. I'm Cassie. I'm Sarah. And I'm Amanda. And today is a special day. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It's something that is part of my everyday life. And it's coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I made a song like it was going to be something super dramatic. It's coffee. We all love coffee. We all drink coffee, at least at this table. Um, Coffee is one of the most popular beverages in the U.S. and the world. I'm going to throw some stats at you. In the U.S. alone, 64% of adults consume coffee every day, averaging roughly three cups. This rounds out to about 400 million cups of coffee consumed per day and 146 billion cups per year across the U.S. That's a lot of coffee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We like caffeine here in the U.S. and in the world. Also interesting to note that 66% of women drink coffee every day compared to only 62% of men. I wonder Mm -hmm. why that is. Maybe we're up earlier. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Of those that drink coffee, only about 30% take their cups straight black in the morning, a.k.a. no cream or sugar. So as you can see, coffee is a very popular beverage to have in the mornings to help you wake up or throughout the day, whatever you enjoy. So we want to know, what's the hype? Is it good for us? Is it just a vessel for too many calories and too much sugar? What the hell do we order at Starbucks? Because I get that question probably every time somebody comes in. (laughs) So let's answer all those questions now. And we're going to start with what's in coffee and how does our body use it? Yes, it's so interesting. So I love learning about coffee. I love coffee too. (laughs) uh, But coffee is one of the most widely consumed beverages due to its stimulating effects on the central nervous system as well as its unique taste and aroma. Coffee is high in antioxidants, low in calories, contains vitamin B2, magnesium, and of course, caffeine. Oh yeah. (laughs) Caffeine in coffee is 99% absorbed and and it happens rapidly within 45 minutes of ingestion. So if you feel like you get a pretty quick, you know, high from the caffeine, you do. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like I'm one of those people. Yes, so um, it's amazing. So when it is consumed in beverages, caffeine is absorbed from the GI tract and distributed through the body water. Peak plasma concentrations occur between 15 and 120 minutes after ingestion, and this wide variation may be due to variation in gastric intian time and the presence of other dietary constituents, so fiber, for example, or maybe you just drink your coffee and wait for an hour and eat, it may uh, be peaked sooner in your system than if you have it with a meal that would slow down digestion. Responses to coffee and caffeine can vary. Low to moderate doses, which we would consider 50 to 300 milligrams, increases alertness, energy, and ability to concentrate. Higher doses may have negative health effects such as anxiety, restlessness, insomnia, and increased heart rate. And I know, I notice if I drink too much coffee, I get a headache. So, um, so I don't know if anyone else experiences that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm one of those people where it's, I feel like it's one or the other. Like I'm like, Oh, I'm just still so tired. Or then I have like three cups and I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) I can't concentrate. I'm sweating. What's going on? So there's a sweet spot. There's a sweet spot. You just got to find it. That's right. (laughs) So now we're going to dive into eight reasons as to why the right amount of coffee could be beneficial for health. And the hint is could be. So we're going to look at it further now. Yeah. So first we'll talk about a potential decreased risk of certain cancers from coffee consumption. And just to give you a spoiler alert, the research is unclear and we need a lot more research. And the reason for that is because there's a lot of conflicting research out there. This study shows it decreases 
This study shows it has no effect. This study shows it increases. So we're still really trying to figure out the answer to that. And researchers have been investigating the link between coffee and cancer for decades at this point, and they still really don't know. Numerous studies have shown that drinking coffee is associated with a lower risk of dying from all causes of death. However, associations with cancer overall or with specific types of cancer is still unclear. And a big reason why coffee may potentially lower the risk of cancers is because there are hundreds of biologically active compounds, including caffeine, flavonoids, lignans, and other polyphenols, which have been shown to do things like increase your energy expenditure, inhibit cellular damage, which occurs with cancer, regulate genes involved in DNA repair, and have anti-inflammatory properties. So um, some interesting information is that in 2016, there is a panel that's on the International Agency for Research on Cancer, the IARC, and this is the arm of the World Health Organization that's basically responsible for assessing whether a substance can cause cancer. And they concluded in 2016 that they could not conclude that coffee is carcinogenic, meaning it promotes cancer, based on the current evidence out there. And so because of this, in 2017, the World Health Organization removed coffee from its list of risky carcinogens after being added 25 years ago due to a chemical called acrylamide that is formed during the roasting process with coffee. And this chemical is also used in things like industrial processes and it's found in other foods such as fries so uh, like the frying process causes acrylamide formation like toasted bread snack foods like potato chips and pretzels biscuits cookies and cereals and it's found in tobacco products so the iarc lists acrylamide as a probable carcinogen based on experiments only done in animals and there were two very large studies performed in 2011 and 2014 that found no association between dietary acrylamide and the risk of several cancers in humans. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And if you do take your coffee with like extra cream and sugar in there, that has added fat and calories along with it, which can contribute to weight gain, which we know from research can increase the risk of some types of cancer. However, if you're someone that's concerned that your coffee drinking habits may be putting you at risk for cancer, remember that doing things like not smoking, limiting your alcohol consumption, maintaining a healthy body weight, exercising, and consuming an overall healthful diet full of fruits and veggies remain the most important ways to reduce cancer mortality rates. Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. That's a lot of information and really it's just inconclusive. It kind of sounds yeah. like it's, but I mean, eat healthy, stay active, have a couple cups of coffee. You're going to be in a good place. So Amanda, what's next? Okay. Number two is it may have a lower, like help lower your risk of cardiovascular disease. So since the year 2000, the association between coffee consumption and other cardiovascular disease outcomes has been more frequently studied and summarized in various meta-analyses. Meta-analysis is where they take a bunch of research articles and kind of draw conclusion between them. So these meta-analyses did not support an association between coffee consumption and a higher CBD risk. And a study published in 2014 concluded that moderate coffee consumption, which is three to five cups a day, was associated with a lower cardiovascular disease risk. And heavy coffee consumption, which is greater than or equal to six cups per day, was neither associated with a higher nor a lower risk of cardiovascular disease. So there is, however, conflicting research. 
I feel like there's always just conflicting situations. Can they just tell us, like, yes, it's going to work or no? I know. There's always conflicting research. And also, I feel like in a lot of these studies, it's a lot of coffee. Like, six cups of coffee is a lot. Yes. Um, So uh, that's kind of interesting in itself. Um, So our third one here is your liver may thank you. Researchers looked at the coffee habits of more than 494,000 people in the UK Biobank, aka a biomedical database, and monitored their liver health over 11 years. Participants ranged from age 40 to 69, with over 300,000 saying they were avid coffee drinkers and roughly 100,000 saying they were not. People who drank caffeinated or decaffeinated coffee saw the most benefits. Coffee drinkers were 21% less likely to develop chronic liver disease, 20% less likely to develop chronic or fatty liver disease, and 49% less likely to die of chronic liver disease than non-coffee drinkers in the Journal of BMC Public Health. Hmm. So that's a pretty, there's a lot of research with liver disease and coffee consumption. So that one, I would say you might definitely get some benefits from drinking your coffee. Hmm. All right, what's next? Also, there is shown to be a decreased risk of developing type 2 diabetes. So that's awesome yes. as well. A prospective study published by the American Diabetes Association followed 910 adults age 50 and older without diabetes in 1984 through 1987. They were followed again from 1992 to 1996 and an average of eight years after assessment of coffee intake. Past and current coffee drinkers have a reduced risk of incidence of diabetes compared to those who never drank coffee. The 317 participants with baseline impaired glucose who were past or current coffee drinkers were also at a reduced risk for incident diabetes. This is for black coffee, not coffee high in sugar or calories. So that's an important distinction. (laughs) Yeah, and I think a lot of this research too is based off of black coffee, Um, not loaded with coffee mate or other things like that, Just, (laughs) just so we're clear. Um, so our fifth one, weight loss. Interesting. Is it too good to be true? Some theories for weight loss with coffee consumption include suppressing appetite and temporarily reducing the desire to eat. So you might just be eating less calories overall. If you're somebody, and I talked to some of my clients about this and you guys probably have too. If you're somebody who struggles to eat breakfast and you're just consuming a ton of coffee in the morning, then it's really easy to skip over that meal. So definitely monitor how much coffee you're having in the morning versus like when you're eating. Be sure you get a good breakfast in and have coffee too if you like coffee. But definitely double check that if you're somebody who's not eating breakfast. That could be why. Could be suppressing your appetite. Um, Also stimulating thermogenesis so the body generates more heat and energy from digesting food. So weight loss products that are marketed as thermogenic may contain caffeine, ephedra, or ephedrine. So research has not confirmed long-term results. And really what we're saying is if you just if you drink coffee doesn't mean you're gonna lose weight. <laughs> that's, that's really not what we're saying. Um, a healthy diet, exercise, good sleep, lots of water, lots of fruits and veggies will help you lose weight if that's your goal. Um, and then talking to a dietitian and getting a meal plan to do that, not just drinking coffee. Um, but if you did drink coffee all day long and had no food, of course you'd lose weight, but that's not realistic, right? <laughs> yeah. don't do that. So don't do that. <laughs> you would lose weight, yes, but that's not realistic. Um, all right, Sarah, what's next? So next is increased alertness. So a 75 milligram serving of caffeine, which is approximately what's in a cup of coffee, can increase attention and alertness and 160 to 400 milligram dose may actually 
actually improve mental alertness, speed, reasoning, and memory. So it could potentially have an effect on your alertness in a positive way. And then the next one is sport performance. And this is absolutely proven. There are position statements out there. The International Society of Sports Nutrition released a position statement this year on caffeine and sport performance in January. So right at the beginning of the year. And they state that supplementation with caffeine has been shown to acutely enhance aspects of sport performance, such as muscular endurance, movement velocity, and muscular strength, sprinting, jumping, and throwing performance, as well as a wide range of aerobic and anaerobic sport-specific actions. And all of those things uh, encompass most sports. Um, however, endurance exercise appears to be the form of exercise with the most consistent benefits from caffeine use. And they recommend um, a specific dosage to improve performance, and this will also be determined by you as an individual and the type of caffeine that you're consuming, if it's a caffeine pill, if it's a gel with caffeine, if it's coffee. And so they recommend that anywhere from three to six milligrams per kilogram of body mass, 60 minutes pre-exercise may be an optimal dose. And so I did this on my body weight, that's anywhere from 184 to 368 milligrams. And then they also say that anything over nine milligrams per kilogram of body mass are associated with undesirable effects, which would be almost 600 milligrams of my body mass. So I don't even want to consume yeah. that much. <laughs> which you can find see. probably in a, one of the popular energy drinks. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, yeah, don't you do it again, do it. people. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely shown that caffeine can help sports performance. And I know with some like runners and stuff, you can actually take caffeine in while you're running, which I know you do that, mm-hmm. some caffeine. Do you, I do. do you yes. notice a big difference? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it definitely helps. And you know, part of the central nervous system stimulation, it makes your brain think it's not working as hard as it is. Mm-hmm. So that's kind yeah. of nice. And then um, it definitely keeps me going. So they have gels, and and that's right. what I usually use um, whenever I'm doing long runs. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then I have to have a cup of coffee before I run. Always, absolutely. Get things yeah. moving. <laughs> not to go into detail, but <laughs> that's a reason people drink coffee before they go oh, run yeah. because it also stimulates you to go to the restroom it's and important then you feel better during your run for right. you know you have energy and you're lighter yeah <laughs> you feel lighter so, you don't want to be stopping at a random come and go you know you gotta, you gotta go to the yeah. bathroom before <laughs> all right moving on to brain function yes number eight is brain function so caffeine affects adenosine receptors in the brain and adenosine plays a role in relaxation and blood vessel dilation and also in atp formation for energy Coffee also contains polyphenol antioxidants, and these two act on various pathways. Studies have suggested that drinking coffee may help enhance some thinking skills and slow the mental decline that comes with age. Oh, that's scary. To think <laughs> <laughs> and Studies, that is real. <laughs> <laughs> Studies have also reported that people with a higher coffee consumption over long periods of time may help against cognitive decline, dementia, or Alzheimer's. So that's very promising. Research from Johns Hopkins University suggests that a dose of caffeine after a learning session may help boost long-term memory. So maybe a lot of people use mm-hmm. caffeine when they study. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might start doing that. Retain <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> more. Yeah, more research is definitely needed in this area. Absolutely. So those 
are the eight things. And I would say, if you guys agree, disagree, I think overall coffee has been showing promising benefits with yeah. most of this research. Absolutely. And yeah. it seems like it's, you know, some is good, too much is not necessarily, it might be a negative. So that, again, there's that sweet spot. But yeah. Gotta find the sweet stuff. spot. I know. And mostly for black coffee people. Yeah. And so we're getting into the possible negative effects of coffee and caffeine because there are some drawbacks. Absolutely. So coffee can be loaded with sugar and calories and oftentimes it is. And so some of the you know, if you're, we're talking about um, some of the popular coffee places, if you're looking at a medium or grande size, you know, that can have four pumps for a basic coffee drink, yeah. not for the special ones, which every pump is, has 50 calories of straight sugar. Mm -hmm. And so that ends up being a lot. And sometimes I've seen them with over 100 grams of sugar just for a pretty small drink. And when you're drinking the sugar and calories, you don't always notice it. So you may not adjust the rest of your day. And really, you can't even have one of those drinks and stay under the 25 grams of added sugar recommendation that we typically sure. recommend. Um, but the good thing is, is you can have less or learn to like less um, if you try. Um, but interaction with medications and alcohol is another issue so make sure that you know if you have um, if you're taking a medication um, that you know if it interacts with caffeine or not um, also I've seen a lot of people doing like the Red Bull and alcohol <laughs> Red Bull and vodka yep, Red Bull <laughs> yep. <laughs> my closest friends do that <laughs> and I always have a disapproving look every time <laughs> so, I'm not a judgy person I think everyone should do what they want but yes. that's what I'm always like really yeah <laughs> yeah funny story real quick a uh, side note but we were um, I was we were camping with some friends like in cabins and so um, and they had like a kid's cabin um, and and the adult cabin and we were having drinks and having a good time and we went over I was making guacamole which is one of my specialties so mm. I was over making guacamole in the kids cabin area and I walk in and there's a Red Bull sitting there and I'm like oh, yes. <laughs> whose is this and so um, anyway I won't say whose it was but all the parents made so much fun of me because they were like it was like you found drugs or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a on the counter <laughs> basically did <laughs> I was like well you know it was just as bad <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, so, so I, I love it. About I don't know if it was mi mixed with coffee, yeah. but anyway, so yeah, um, watch those energy. Well, I have another another spinoff story that I'll, I'll keep it short. But one of my best dearest friends, she like if she wakes up the next morning hungover and she had like a crazy night and she gets sick. She's like, I had a Red Bull vodka last night. I knew it. Every time she has that, she gets sick. Yeah. A Red Bull vodka. Yeah. Yeah, not good. So, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. PSA. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also can cause increased heart rate, and it is expensive if you haven't noticed. A fun fact, a Florida man named William Lewis broke the record for the most expensive Starbucks beverage, a grande latte that cost $83.75 <laughs> and contained... 99 extra shots of espresso, 17 pumps of vanilla syrup, mocha, and matcha powder. It's a common one. That's not even their wow. biggest size. That's just a grande. Oh my God. I think it's the 99 extra well, shots. Wow. So that's, that's oh, expensive. No. Yes. Um, also, it can cause jitters. So it's recommended to stay under 400 milligrams per day. So that's four to five cups for most people. And I say, you know, this is kind of like those um, wine recommendations, you know, what 
what do you consider a cup of coffee? Those are eight ounce cups, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I know my coffee mug that I drink out of in the morning is bigger than that because I like I like a certain mug. And yeah. so I have to make sure that I'm not having four of those because yeah. that would like be... Like some people drink eight. four or five yeah. of these. No, <laughs> yeah. This is, I think there's water in here, Sarah. Yeah, but yeah. four to five of these. Yeah. Six, Six ounces. Yeah. 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 So you just have to be aware that when we say four to five cups, that means eight ounce cups. So um, just to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, also, decreased sleep, um, depending on the person. Uh, some people aren't affected by it at all, and other people are. So just be mindful of your timing and make sure that you realize it can stay in your system for a long time. And if you're having trouble you know, winding down at night, you may want to look at your caffeine intake in the afternoon or midday. Um, also, exasperating various conditions such as anxiety, GI distress, etc. So say we were talking about athletes, you know, say that you have GI distress during your runs, you may not want to throw caffeine in there on top of that. So mm-hmm. it may, because it can, like we mentioned, um, stimulate your bowels and your GI system um, sometimes in a negative way if it's not a good time for you to get to a bathroom. Um, also, decreased iron absorption can be an issue. So again, being mindful of that, if you have anemia or or at risk for that, you want to may want to look at your um, caffeine intake. And it also can cause appetite suppression, which can be a negative for some people if you're not getting enough healthy food in. Um, and some diuretic effect um, can happen as well with caffeine, but but overall, it's hydrating because you are drinking liquids with it. And so, and two, if you're used to drinking coffee, you don't get as much of the diuretic effect. Yes. So it doesn't dehydrate you. Yes, and that's a, that's kind of a misconception from people. A lot yes. of people think that, oh, I'm going to be dehydrated, and that's not necessarily the case, especially if you have it every single day. Yeah. So, all right, now moving into substitutions to consider with coffee to make it healthier. We get tons of questions about this. What do I order? How to make it healthier? And Sarah's going to start us off. Yeah, so if you are someone that likes the flavor profile of drinks that have added sugar, added flavors, added cream, whatever it is, consider making some of these changes so that you can still enjoy it in a healthier portion manner. So the first thing that you can try is just getting a different size. You typically get like the Vinti's at Starbucks, maybe go down to a grande and then maybe after that go down to a tall or if you're not getting coffee from Starbucks, like a small, um, or if you are starting at a bigger size, just kind of gradually decrease your size because obviously there's less in there. So you won't be able to get in as many calories and as many grams of sugars. Um, and that's, you know, if you're not a black coffee drinker, if you're drinking, you know, a venti black coffee versus a tall, there's not really much of a difference in calories and obviously sugar as well. Um, And then try it black first. If you're someone who's never tried black coffee, you can kind of train your palate to appreciate like the bitter aromas and there's different undertones with certain types of coffees. I don't like super, super bitter tasting. So I typically will get like a light roast versus a dark roast. There's so much that you can look into if you want to be like a coffee connoisseur. (laughs) I've kind of done that just because I was someone who didn't really love the taste of like a bitter black coffee. Um, And even if you are someone that does like half a cup of cream or whatever right now, just slowly try and decrease that to make it, you know, a tablespoon to two tablespoons. That can be anywhere from, you know, 20 to 40 calories of of creamer, which isn't a whole bunch. And if you're doing that once throughout the day, that's fine. But if you're doing it five times throughout the day, that can definitely add up. Um, And then obviously be careful with creamers. Some creamers can be really high in sugar and calories. Try adding a dairy or a non-dairy unsweetened liquid like cow's milk, almond milk, soy milk, 
or just a small portion of half and half to lighten up your beverage. I put one tablespoon of the Horizon Organic half and half in my coffee every time I drink it, and I typically don't have more than like two cups per day, so I'm only taking in about 40 calories from there. So Yeah, and I like the way you said train your palate, because I started off with like mocha fraps mm-hmm. um, from Starbucks. <laughs> That's where my coffee started like sophomore year of college, and I finally trained myself. I'm like, Okay, I did iced coffees with a little bit of honey or whatever, and then I finally can drink black coffee. So you got to start somewhere, right? Um, next is choose the way you sweeten. Added sugar amounts, add up quickly, quickly with fancier drinks. Try sweeten with honey or pure maple syrup for a more natural sweetening option um, rather than like dumping a bunch of Splenda into it or doing like 10 pumps, try five pumps, you know, those types of things. Choose the way you sweeten because it can add up quickly, kind of like Cassie was talking about earlier. Um, adding your own flavor. Um, so instead of like mo- mocha pumps, uh, try adding cocoa powder. Try adding vanilla extract, cinnamon, nutmeg um, to your coffee for different flavorings rather than doing the sugary pumps of things. Um, and if coffee gives you the jitters, try decaf. Um, the unroasted beans are warmed and soaked in liquid to dissolve out the caffeine, which is something I learned while doing this research. Typically about two milligrams of caffeine is found in decaf decaf compared to about 90 to 120 milligrams of caffeine in a normal cup of coffee so much less caffeine so if you're somebody who likes the taste but doesn't want the caffeine decaf might be your route so we got to talk about starbucks because <laughs> everybody asks about it so discussing this is important because again it's popular um so below are some of the most popular drinks and how to make them healthier and cassie's going to start us off Grande Vanilla Latte has 250 calories and 35 grams of sugar. And remember, I just mentioned uh, the 25 grams of sugar for your whole day. <laughs> so, so that blows that out of the water. But the good news is, is you can still get that good vanilla flavor, but just ask them for less pumps. And you can order it. You can say half the pumps of vanilla, get a tall, and you can also choose skim milk um, instead of the 2% milk that they put standard in all of their drinks um, to cut back on calories. And how you would order it with less pumps, you can say one pump or two pump you know you may want to try um, cutting it in half first and then you might be happy with the one pump so you would just order it like one pump grande vanilla latte um, and so sometimes people get nervous about ordering there because you don't want the barista oh I have a hack for that <laughs> yeah you do do it on their mobile app because oh. you can actually see what is like their standard recipe for whatever drink you're ordering and that's one of the things that I use to figure out how to order something with like literally 25 calories compared to like 150 calories in their drinks so use their app first especially if you're uncomfortable with like I I would apologize for like making all of these things like why am I apologizing for my health oh my sister has no shame yeah she's like oh oh mocha frappuccino with extra shot of this and brown sugar swirls on top like I don't know what she's saying she says like a a story she's ordering her Starbucks Yes, and with the talls too, I know I like to have the amount of caffeine that's in a grande, but I don't mm. necessarily want the calories that are in a grande, so I'll order a double tall. Um, oh. So then you get two shots of espresso in the tall size because it typically only has one shot of espresso. Gotcha. And if you're a coffee drinker, that may not be enough yeah. caffeine for you if that's your drink. So oh, you can okay. get a double tall latte. I didn't even know you could do that. You can also Google like any 
drink that you want like a healthier option for it or there's like instagram accounts that like Mm -hmm. are all about healthier swaps now they're not necessarily like ingredient wise healthier because their sugar-free stuff has like sugar alcohols Mm -hmm. and other um Mm -hmm. like carrageenan and stuff like that and then so keep that into consideration if you are concerned more than just like the calorie and the macros part of it but there's an answer for pretty much every drink if you want it in a healthier way Um, The next drink is a grande iced white chocolate mocha, which I used to get this when I was in high school. (laughs) It's one of my favorites. And it has 420 calories and 48 grams of sugar, so even more than the vanilla latte. So a healthier way to do that is obviously get a tall. Um, You can do no whipped cream and then get half the pumps of white chocolate. You can even get, like, instead of, if you don't even want a full pump, you can order half a pump. Um, So you can get even less than just one pump if you want just a little smidgen of that taste. I like it. Next is the pumpkin spice latte, everyone's favorite. It regularly has 390 calories and 50 grams of sugar. So that's more sugar than both the previous ones we just talked about. So a healthier version would be to order it tall, which is the smallest size. Um, No whip, get half pumps of the flavoring. And you can also make this at home. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can put like a tablespoon of canned pumpkin in your coffee, a little bit of cinnamon and nutmeg and honey, and it like pretty much tastes like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a splash of milk or almond milk. You can make most of these at You can. Yeah. You yeah. make all of it. It's it is a Yeah. And, you know, for those of you that have kids out there, too, this is these are things that you can help your kids learn. You know, I have two daughters and that are teenagers, and they love coffee drinks. And so we always have... You know, I, I try to give them choices and, and teach them how to make these choices. So if they want to have a little bigger drink, then they have less of the added sugar. And so my even, you know, even my 14-year-old likes to have just a regular latte with no sugar added um, if, if she gets a large drink. And so we have kind of these, you know, you have to negotiate with yeah. teenagers. <laughs> yeah. And so... I almost know these um, tricks. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can say, well, you can get the size you want, but then let's, you know... Make this adjustment to make it healthier because that's way too much sugar and right. so in that size of a drink so yeah, that's a good uh, idea you can teach you can teach your kiddos to do that too and help them because they may not realize how much sugar they're getting from the drinks either yeah it's hard to know unless you honestly look it up you yeah. know you wouldn't really know mm-hmm. so that's a good thought I like that um, but as always, everything in moderate moderation, having a fun Starbucks drink every now and then, or a local coffee shop is completely fine. If you want the peppermint mocha and a grande one time, it's that time of season, you're going shopping with your mom, whatever, and you want the peppermint mocha that way, then that's fine. But we're just trying to give you, if you're somebody who's an avid coffee drinker and constantly drinking these sugary drinks, healthier ways to consume them. So... Local coffee shops, because we talked about Starbucks, Architect, Classic Rock, Dancing Mule, Mug Shots, Black, Black Lab, Coffee Ethic, Kingdom, Mud House, Travelers, Roots, Rove Coffee, which are some of our clients here, um, Neighbors Mill, Flannel Cup, which is one of our trainers here, has his own coffee company, um, and more. There's tons of local coffee shops, so definitely be sure you're supporting local as well. Um, I love to explore different places. Do you guys have any places to add? That's so that, you, you literally named that, that was all the ones <laughs> I know. That I, like I need to explore yeah. more because I know there are more. Yeah, I have one now. Niangua Coffee Company, that's the coffee we drink. Nice. It's like from the Niangua area, which is like between Buffalo and Lebanon. So oh, cool. Yeah. And they have really cool t-shirts. Too. Cool. Nice. nice. Shout out to them. And like Alex was saying that different coffees taste different. Um, so if yeah. you're just like any other thing like dark chocolate or wine or other things that you, whenever you go to these different coffee shops, you can get a lot of variety in the flavors and you do taste those nuances better if you drink it black. Yes, you do. So, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so in conclusion, coffee's popular. We all love coffee. We 
drink coffee. Um, it's important to know the pros, the cons, the nutrition behind it, um, how caffeine is going to affect you. It affects everybody differently. Um, so it's important to kind of know that about yourself. Um, try different local coffee shops. If you're going to Starbucks a lot, pay attention to what you're ordering and kind of see how it fits into your healthy lifestyle. And keep drinking coffee because dang, it's good. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> we love coffee and it's got some benefits. So do you guys have anything else to add? No, just the only other thing that I talk to people about is if this is something that a lot of people do every day mm-hmm. and those habits, you do need to think about how to make them healthier. Like Alex mentioned, the special fun thing that you have every once in a while is not really a big deal. But if you're drinking these coffee drinks every day mm-hmm. or most days, then that's a place that you need to look at and see if you can make improvement because it is going to make more of an impact because you do it often absolutely yeah good point and if you have questions about what you're doing comment message us and we'd be happy to help you out so this was another episode of practical nutrition thank you for joining us see ya bye